0: Um, we're talking about who the Holy Spirit is and what His mission is here on the earth. We've talked about a bunch of different things. I pointed out a couple weeks ago that He's your comforter. He's not your accuser. He's not following you around, telling you all the stuff that you're doing wrong all the time. That's good to know. Makes you want to hang out with Him more. Right? Remember, if I followed you around your job and stuff and told you about all the stuff you did wrong you would probably not want to hang out with me very much. We probably wouldn't have a very good relationship. And so that's not what God does. He's not the divine critic. He is the comforter. Uh, And then last week, I spent quite a bit of time pointing out that uh, the, the Holy Spirit, a permanent residence, has been built for Him inside our hearts. And He's not abandoning us when things go wrong. In fact, He holds tighter to us and and uh, loves us all the more. The Bible says in Song of Solomon, um, chapter 8, verse 7, it talks about how the love of God rages against our failure. It says, many waters cannot quench love. The idea there is that even when the waters of our failure are poured on God's love for us, it burns all the brighter. And that's really, really encouraging. Anyway, to sum up kind of what we talked about last week and, and move us into this week, in your notes, if you want to follow along in the notes, we do fill in the blanks here. And um, so the first point there is that we live today in the New Covenant in a habitational culture, not a visitational culture. Now, those are two sort of big words. What I'm saying is, is that God lives with us he doesn't just come to visit every so often. Amen. Now, sometimes people talk about God visiting us, and they pull that from a scripture in Luke 19, which talks about the fact that the Holy Spirit, or excuse me, that Jesus was going to come visit uh, the city of Jerusalem in 70 A.D., but he was visiting it with destruction. And the, Titus, this guy Titus, came and sacked Jerusalem destroyed it. It was a big, big mess. Uh, you didn't want to be there. And uh, he says that, that, that some people at that time wouldn't know the day of their visitation. And what he meant was that, that people didn't pay attention to what he was saying, and so they could have they avoided being there when Titus sacked Jerusalem, but, but they wouldn't avoid it because they didn't know their day of visitation. But we've kind of, in, in circles that I come from, uh, taken that and created this idea that God sort of shows up at different times to, to uh, make sure we're doing things right, and, and boy, you better hope you are, uh, because, you know, he's kind of like, basically, he's like Santa Claus, and he lives in heaven, and he's making a list, and he's checking it twice, and once a year, he's going to show up and see, and you're either going to get a present, or you're going to get a lump of coal, and so you better be... You better be on, on page with what God's doing. Now, I, I agree with the idea that there are times when God does special things for us and he manifests himself in, in unique ways. I'm, I'm totally on board with that. But God is not like Santa Claus. God is like mom and dad. Mom and dad live with us day to day if we're kids. They take care of us. It's not always spectacular. It's not always, you know, sometimes I'm not even sure my kids realize I'm in the room. I know that they don't know all the stuff I do behind the scenes for them taking care of them. All right? They aren't aware of that. In the same way, God, many times, is doing things to take care of you that you, you aren't aware of. And and that's because and it's not spectacular all the time, but he's like your father, he is your father, he lives with you, and he takes care of you day to day. Now, are there special things? Sometimes I take my kids on on special trips, or we go to the jelly bean factory, and things are like, you know, they're they're real little, they're three and one. And so things are real exciting, you know. But but and there's times when real exciting special things happen in our relationship with God, but we've got to get to grip this grip on the fact that just just because something special isn't happening, doesn't mean he's not there. Amen. Okay, he lives with us. Yes. He doesn't come to visit. Yes, everybody, everybody, yes. with me. So, yes. so I think about this. I think about, I, I live for the supernatural, for wild stuff to happen. But I'm I'm thankful for just the day to day awareness of the fact that god is with me and all of the blessings that are going on in my life you know i don't know about you guys but i've got this thing in my house it's this little bitty dial and i can move it if it gets too cold and and heat comes out of these vents in my house and it keeps my house warm no matter how cold it is outside it is warm inside my house i've got this thing called a refrigerator that i can put food in i can stock that thing with steak and I can go outside in the frigid cold and I can grill me some steak even in the midst of winter. And I can eat that thing. And you know what? God God wants us to enjoy that and recognize that those are blessings that, that come from Him. All right? And so we're really thankful for just the day-to-day things that go on. Now certainly, letter A, God does special things, and we're thankful for that. But but again, he isn't Santa Claus. He's not he's not just showing up every so often to see how we're doing. Okay? Now, with that being said, in number two there, there is a difference between the indwelling versus the manifest presence of God. Again to Little big words, indwelling versus the manifest presence of God. Here's the issue: God indwells us; He lives on the inside of us. And letter A, I know that because the Scripture says so. 1 Corinthians six nineteen, we've read it last week, says that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Do you need anything more than that to believe that God lives on the inside of you? You, sh- you shouldn't, because the Bible, the Bible says it. Okay, if the Bible says it, I, it is true about us, whether we feel anything, whether there's any external evidence, it is true, because the Scripture says it. That's the indwelling presence of God. God is in me all the time whether or not he's coming out, whether or not there is any kind of manifestation, yes. Yes. whether or not there is any evidence that he is there. True that. True that. However, uh, we also know that God is in us because He manifests. Letter B, or He makes Himself clear, makes His presence known in different ways. First Corinthians twelve seven says that the manifestation—that's where we get the word—it just means the revealing. The revealing of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. The word with all means everybody else. So everybody say this with me. The manifestation, the manifestation of the Spirit, of the Spirit is, given is given to me to profit everybody else, profit everybody else. around me. Around. So does the Holy Spirit want to reveal Himself to you and through you? Yes. Is it given to every, every person? It says that right there, right? Right. Everybody with me? What's the difference? There's times the Holy Holy Spirit's always in us, but it's not always obvious. You ever been around somebody that's a Christian and it wasn't obvious (laughs) that that they were a Christian? Because the Holy Spirit wasn't necessarily manifesting or revealing Himself through them. The Spirit's presence in us, letter C, is fixed and permanent. The manifest presence fluctuates. What's in you, in is the blank, isn't always coming out. What's in you isn't always coming out. Jesus described it this way. Look at John 4. The Holy Spirit in the Bible a lot of times is represented by water. It's a metaphor. John 4 14. Jesus said, Whosoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst, but the water that I give him will spring up, will be, well, excuse me, will be in him a well of water springing up to everlasting life. That's talking about your salvation and this well, this internal, indwelling sense of God's presence that's, that's there all the time. Amen. That's fixed. And permanent. But turn over to John chapter 7 and verse 38. Jesus said, He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of water. But he spoke this of the Spirit, it says, which had not yet been given because he had not yet been glorified. So again, here's this picture. You got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you as a well. But he longs to become a river, or actually rivers, it says plural, and come out. And the Holy Spirit's looking at the stuff around you, the problems in your life, and saying, hey, if you'd let me out a little bit, I could help you deal with these issues. Amen. I could fix some of this. Well, he could fix all of it, <laughs> to be honest, okay? The Holy Spirit that's in you wants to come out, um, there's some other scriptures there that we won't turn to, but Proverbs 20:27 20, says that the spirit of the man is the candle of the man, and it lights up the innermost parts of the belly. Now I don't think that's a lesson necessarily on anatomy, but for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit talks about, or the, the Scripture talks about your spirit being in your belly. All right, and the Scripture in 1 Corinthians 6:17 says that your spirit and God's spirit are one. So, where does the Holy Spirit live? Well, he lives in me, but the Bible talks about him being in my, in my belly. And so when it talks about rivers of life flowing from my belly, it's not talking about some kind of water coming out of me. It's talking about the Holy Ghost coming, coming out of me. Okay? But where is he coming from? He's coming from my spirit. He's not coming from, from out there somewhere. All right. So when 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 we talk about, oh God, you know, we're worshiping, God's here. Okay, well, where did he come from? Well, well, he, he came from in here. Yeah. Okay, he didn't come from, from out there, somewhere. He came from inside of you. When you worship, uh, this is an interesting thing. In 2 Chronicles 5, uh, we've, we've used this example. The temple is built, and the temple represents humanity. It's got three parts. It's got a holy of holies, which is like your spirit, it's got a holy place, which is on the outside of that. That's like your soul. And then it's got an outer court, and that's like your body. And when, when uh, Solomon built the temple, he took this ark and he put it in the Holy of Holies, in your spirit. He put it in the innermost part. And so the presence of God was in the Holy of Holies, in the temple or in your, your belly. But when the, the people began to worship... In 2 Chronicles 5, it says the Holy Spirit filled the temple. So the Holy Spirit came out of the holy place, the Holy of Holies, filled the holy place, filled the the outer court, filled the entire temple. When we why is it that when you worship, a lot of times you you sense the Lord's presence? It's not that God is just showing up all of a sudden. He's not spooky. It's he's he's in your spirit. He's coming out and filling your soul. That's why you start to hear His voice. Your body, that's like sometimes you get a goosebump. You, you know, whatever. God, all right, you you God's feel good. God's presence because the Holy Spirit is flowing out of you. Oh boy. All right. Is that, that's real simple. Is that, that okay to everybody? All right. What then is this thing called the baptism of the Holy Spirit that everybody talks about? Well, look at Matthew 3. Verse 11, John the Baptist said about Jesus, he said, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear, and he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost, or it should say Holy Spirit, he's not a, a ghost, anyway, and Fire. So then in Acts 2, we read this last week, the Holy Spirit is poured out and the uh, disciples, there's like these tongues of fire that sit on their their shoulders. Um, There's the scripture up there. There's wind. And they all began to uh, speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so we see that Jesus said that people would be immersed, fully immersed in the Holy Spirit, that He wouldn't just be in us in our spirit, but that He would begin to affect our entire being. And then it talks about this in your notes. We're not going to turn to all these, but over and over in the book of Acts, people are filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts 4.31, Acts 8.13, Acts 10.44, Acts 19, all these things happen. Um, But when people are filled with the Holy Spirit, there's always an accompanying manifestation why? Because the whole thing about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is it's what's in you is coming out. And if it's coming out, there ought to be some kind of manifestation. There ought to be something that makes, it, makes Him appear real to us. Amen. Letter D, being Spirit-filled then self-authenticates. Self-authenticates, meaning it, it is obvious to you that it's happening because there's some kind of manifestation. Now, there are a whole bunch of them, and I'm not going to give you a list right now, but they fall into three big categories, wisdom, power, and love. Those are our three core values. So sometimes the Holy Spirit manifests and you, you hear God's voice. You see Scripture in a new way that you haven't before. Other times, something powerful happens. Somebody gets healed or there's some kind of physical manifestation in people's Bodies. Other times you get a deep and abiding sense and revelation of God's love. Um, you can know that God loves you, like the song says, because the Bible tells you so, but it's a whole lot better when the Holy Spirit reveals it to you in a powerful way that it's, that it's overwhelming to you. So one of the most common manifestations that we see again and again in the book of Acts is that people spoke in tongues. Now, if you're unfamiliar with that, it's just that uh, the Holy Spirit enables people Uh, to speak in in another prayer language, spirit to spirit with God. Um, And we'll talk specifically, I don't want to talk about it now, because next week I'll do an entire message about that. Uh, But just understand that God loves you whether you speak in tongues or not. Speaking in tongues is an awesome thing. And and just if you don't, it doesn't mean you aren't filled with the Holy Spirit. It just means you aren't speaking in tongues. If you'd like to, uh, we can help you with that, and we'll do that next week. Okay, um, now, this is, I want to make one last point, and then we're going to pray here. This is a short message by design. Um, uh, letter E, so being spirit-filled, or being the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is about what's in your spirit coming out and affecting your soul and body. God's in you, but He wants to come out. That's all that it is. Now, notice this, if that's the case then being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a one-time event, but a lifestyle. Now, it is an event, and a lot of times we focus on and we think about the first time this ever happened to us, and in the circles I run in, we talk about, we, we ask this question, when were you filled with, with the Holy Spirit? And usually somebody will say, well, it was in 1985, and I was, you know, and I had this, this event. And, and that's wonderful, that's, that's true but have you been filled with the spirit since then okay has has what's in in you come out since then yes all right now again it's it's powerful when we have these special occurrences and the first time with anything in god is always special and so it's great to look back on that but the bible talks about in acts 4:31 um They're all at this prayer meeting, just like we're at this prayer meeting right now. These are the same people that got filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. And so they're in Acts 2. They're in the upper room. They got filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody spoke in tongues. It was an amazing meeting, powerful. Fire of God was in there. And then Peter and John get arrested, and then they come back and get out of prison, and they have another prayer meeting. And the Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So they got filled with the Holy Spirit once, and they got filled with the Holy Spirit Again, and I would argue that then they got filled with the Holy Spirit even, even more. And so what's that about? Is it like some people have said that you get filled up, but you leak? And so, you know, he just, it's, you leak out, so you got to get gassed up again. Um, it could be. I, I don't really think that's the case. The Bible says that you can have rivers of life flowing out of you, rivers, plural. So you can get filled up and have one river flowing out of you, get filled up, have more rivers Flowing out of you, there's always more of God to, to come out of you. There's always more of God to come out of you. Ephesians 5.18 says it this way: it says, be filled, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. But if you look it up in the Greek where it says be filled, it's not talking about a one-time thing. It says, be being filled. It's a more literal translation. Be always in the process of having the Holy Spirit fill every part of your being. Live that way. I hope that makes sense to you. So, so in, in our opinion, and this, I was going to give a whole theological thing about this, but I'm more concerned that you experience it than understand all the, all the theology. But um, it's, it's, the reality is, guys, that God lives all the time on the inside of you. But what I want is for you to experience the reality of that. Yes. He wants to make himself plain. He wants to make himself clear. And he does yes. that in a wide variety of ways. Yes. And so this morning, we're going to allow him to do that. I'm not going to dictate to him what kind of manifestation he should, he should do. Um, next week, we'll help you speak in tongues if you would like to. Again, there's no pressure. But, but we're just going to let the Holy Spirit do what He wants to do a little bit this morning. Let me finish my notes. I know some of you will stress out if I don't get all the blanks. So, letter A, being Spirit-filled is not the result of striving to earn something. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. So, so just chill. Everybody chill. It's okay. Just relax. Very few people got, got spirit-filled by, by, you know, working something up. Okay? Ha! No. Just, just chill a little bit. We're told to zealously desire, 1 Corinthians 12 says, earnestly desire the, the gifts of the Spirit or the manifestation of the Spirit. So you should want the Holy Spirit to come out of you. You should want to have some manifestations. But it also says in that same chapter, it talks about the different parts of the body and how you're not supposed to be jealous of, of other believers. So, so don't, if you look at somebody else, they're having some kind of thing happen to them. Don't look at that and be like, wow, I'm jealous of them. No, just, be, just be, be thankful you serve a good father. who if, if he did that for them, he'll do that for you. God does stuff to people so that it's a testimony about what he'll do for you, not not so that you'll be jealous. Reach out, and then letter C, receiving from God is about learning to operate in faith by stewarding or taking care of small breakthroughs. So learning to sense God's presence, I'm telling you, I, I've grown in this so much. I, I am at a whole different level than I used to be, but it started out small. And I had to learn to recognize that God was speaking to me and dealing with me in small things. And if we can do that, then then more of the dramatic stuff will happen. So in a second, we're going to pray, and and, uh, let's all stand up. And and here's here's the deal. We're going to pray that the Holy Spirit would begin to flow out of you, and some different stuff's going to happen. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but... Uh, you may feel heat in your body. You may um, uh, you may get a prophetic word. You may hear God speaking to you. You may uh, feel fire in your hands. You may start to cry. You may start to laugh. Your eyelids might start to twitch. I don't know. All right, but God's going to do some stuff. And what I'm saying to you is just... Whatever happens, and something is going to happen, whatever happens, steward that well by recognizing this is God. God's doing something. God's talking to me. And as you do that, good stewardship brings increase. Everybody wants more, but we got to take care of what we got to got to get the more. All right, so let's pray. I want everybody to just close your eyes, hold out your hands, repeat after me. Father, I know that you love me. I know you're a good God. Holy Spirit, right now, fill me. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I just release your glory into these people. Let your fire come right now. Thank you for touching people. Wisdom, power, love begin to flow out of your people right now in Jesus' name. More and more and more. Let your glory come more and more and more. Manifestations of your presence. Manifestations of your glory. Make yourself plain and clear to your people.